morning and welcome to Breakfast Show. You are here with Lawson and Mon. Yo. <laughs> welcome along, Lawson. <laughs> You're listening to 87.6, 87.8 or 88 FM. What is it he always says? Right across right Australia, Australia, right, right across, across the, the Faith FM, FM network. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Lyle, for putting that on our brains forever and ever. I'm in. <laughs> Do- Yes. Do you know that prayer that he prays like yep. for, for grace when he's yep. like, <laughs> he Help it to strengthen, nourish, nourish and strengthen, strengthen us, us so we can better serve you. you. Yeah. Oh man, what a classic. Yeah, to classic Southwell. Yeah. Oh man. Maybe his dad preached it before him, or maybe his grandfather preached it before his father did. <gasps> Speaking of which, mm-hmm. we are going to be talking about generational stuff. Oh today. yeah, we're going to yeah. be talking to Joe. Has a party. As a party. That actually is his last name. As, as a party, party yeah, which yeah, is yeah. an epic. No, we should I have know. talked about that. Like, where where are you from originally? Yeah, yeah. Like, Damn, yeah. Where is that from? I, I think it sounds Italian to me. As it a does party. actually. It does yeah. actually. I wonder if like growing up there was a lot of expectation on his shoulders to have parties because his last name was as a party. As a party. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, that is anyway. Awesome. Well, yeah, he was at interviews for today, and he talked about intergenerationalism. Yeah. He actually knows how to pronounce it correctly as well. So he'll be doing yeah. that for us too. But we all know all this because it is, of course, a delayed broadcast Ooh. introduction. Wait, so we're like just floating in time. Yeah. <laughs> just like, this is just we floating rec- around. We recorded this show on like Wednesday, the 19th of June. Mm-hmm. But uh, who knows when it's actually being played back because uh, it's a delayed broadcast show. Yes. Yeah. And Lyle and producer Shell are off on their annual leave. Classic. Four wheel driving, trekking around the Red Centre. Yeah, Straya, uh, off in the ether. No, not in the ether. Off in the desert somewhere. So you and I are gonna take over the show for a while. Mm. And uh, I have absolutely no idea where we're up to in our time. Is the time up yet? Yeah, no. We got one more minute. One more minute. Okay. Okay. Good. Because we need to tell people how to jump across the live show. Yes. Okay. So this is how you can do it. Go to faithfm.com.au. And uh, you can just press play on the live stream, mm-hmm. or you can download the TuneIn app. Do you have a TuneIn app? Yes, of I course have a you do. App. You're it's a post millennial. Yeah, I'm a yeah. <laughs> post millennial. <laughs> As we find out on this show, I'm a zennial. You're a post millennial. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, and on the TuneIn app, you can search for Faith FM Australia. And just press play on that one. Add us to your favorites. Yeah, or really my cool. personal favorite, you can call us up at the mm-hmm. studio. You can call the man, the myth, the legend, legend Matty Vornier. Yes. And, and, and you can hassle him. And you can hassle show. him and you can yell at him and say, give me the live show. And then <laughs> he will do everything in his power to get that to you. Yes, because he is the head on show. And that's who you got to get through to. And that's his number, 1-800-FAITH-AVM. Yeah. I wish we could give his mobile number on air, but he'll probably he'll, fire he'll us. Like, <laughs> rip. <laughs> anyway, stay tuned. Great show coming up for you now. This is Chelsea Moon with Come Thou Fount. Blessing to 
<laughs> Having a fabuloso time here in the studio with that number. Uh, we hope you're wide awake. Welcome back to the breakfast show. It's Lawson and Mon this morning. Lawson, are you ready? Yes, I am so ready. Are you ready? ready? Yep, yep, yep. yep okay, yep, yep, it's time to yep, do let's go, let's the go. breakfast Bible. Careers. And uh, this morning, I'm gonna I'm gonna do a pretty hard one. This is a who am I quiz. Oh. <laughs> Let me just boot up the Instagram. So who am I? Clue number one, Jesus says, I live in Pergamum. Mm. In Pergamum. 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 If you know the answer, give us a call. 1-800-FAITH-FM is our number. It's 1-800-324-843. Or you can text your answer 0491-064-669. I'm going to give it another clue. I think I know who it is, but I'm going to give okay. it another clue. You don't want to write that that guess down. No, 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 no. I want to buy my. Like I want to buy my time. Um. Okay. Okay. Fine. Well, <laughs> if you get if you get it right, I will send you a prize. So I, I still haven't picked. Joe, you know, this has been a whole week of me not picking out the prize before the show starts. Um. Oh, let's give away Jesus Freaks because that's a double. That's a double book. It's a double whammy. Yeah, yeah. It's a it's a, it's a two piece book set. Uh, one by Richard Wurmbant, Tortured for Christ, and the other mm. one is uh, Jesus Freaks, which is a compilation. Book, uh, just many, many stories of martyrs, basically people who've given their yeah. life for Christ. It's, it is an absolutely confronting, um, life-altering book. I'm mm. going to read. And so, ba- uh, would you believe Lyle Southwell has just texted me with the right answer? Lyle, stop listening to the radio show. Go drive through the desert or something. I can't believe it. <laughs> Even when he's not in anyone's to answer the quiz. Good. I bet he looked it up. I bet you cheated. Yeah, you cheated. I bet you South. cheated. <laughs> I'm sure. <he> did. <laughs> <laughs> Don't look over here, Lawson, while I look up his. Mis- Are you sick? Are you sick? A little bit, but I'm okay. It's okay. It's okay. You it's do, gone. You, it's gone now. You know you it's can't get now. sick because if it's you're gone. sick and Lyle's in the desert, then who's gonna do radio with me? Jasmine. Oh, okay. Oh, Jasmine. shaking her head. That's, shaking her head. Don't from scare the- <laughs> producer Jasmine like that on her first day. They'd be like, "You're gonna be on air and on the desk at the same yep, time." Yep. Oh man, what a lad. Yeah, All right, what's no. going on? What's like? I've got some really cool news. news. Yeah, yeah, I do. So this is um, this is so cool. Construction has begun on the first ever commercial plastics to fuel factory. Yeah. Oh yes. Yeah. So this is happening. Uh, this is happening in the U.S. in Ashley, Indiana. Um, yeah, it's it's basically the, the first. Yeah, it's 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 commercial scale mm-hmm. uh, recycling um, plastics into fuel, which I didn't even know you could do. 
So it's going to, the new plant will utilize a state of the art plastics to fuel process that sustainably re- recycles waste that has reached the end of its useful life, including items that cannot be readily recycled, like plastic film, and that is huge, uh, flexible packing, styrofoam, and children's toys directly into useful products like fuels and wax. Okay, okay, Let, that sounds amazing. But let me yeah. play devil's advocate. Go on. Fuel does not burn clean. Like, so So it's talking about turning all those plastics into, like, petroleum. Yeah, well, fuels and wax. Yeah. Yeah. But that that's, like, still bad for the environment. Like, even if you recycle it, you're still burning it. It's, well, I mean, it is the better of the bad evils. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Okay. No, yep. we've, we're in it now. We've mm-hmm. created the plastic. Now we have to, like, sort of do the best thing we can mm-hmm. to, to get rid mm-hmm. of it. But leaving it floating around the ocean is definitely not the best option. Definitely not. Yeah, yeah. So this is this is the the best of the bad bunch. It's like add a bunch of greenhouse yeah. gas and you know. <laughs> yeah, but you know what? You can plant enough trees to counteract that. Okay. And, which we saw if we were listening yesterday, you would have found out that Scotland is doing an amazing job. They planted yeah. like twenty two million trees in the last year. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Go Scotland. So this is a this is a San Francisco based uh, waste and energy development company called Brightmark Energy. And it said the outputs of this technology could also be used to produce the feedstocks necessary for manufacturing plastic again, thus creating the world's first truly circular econ- economy p- technology for plastics. Bam. It's a, it's, you do, you know, do you know what I found a little bit discouraging? What? I totally thought this already existed. I didn't realize we we're only just getting there now. Oh. Yeah. Well, you know when they said we're going to recycle plastic, I thought this is, what, this is where plastic was going. When you stick it in the recycling, I thought this is where it goes. Yeah. Wait. Okay. 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 That that may, that leads me to the question: Where does our plastic go? This is a really great question. Like in my little childhood mind, which has never matured from this thought, I literally thought that all if you st- anything you stick in recycling, like plastic, right? The plastic recycling goes off to some sort of factory plant place where it gets like melted down. And then made into like bottles get all melted down into like goo, and then the bottles, and then you make more bottles out of the old bottles. That's literally what I thought happened. Yeah, but what does happen? I don't know. Is that is that what happens? We like, need to do some investigative journalism. Dude, oh, we dude, should, we're on the radio. We, should, we have the power to do this. We should get someone to send us as correspondence. To or it. we should like go undercover, deep oh, undercover in a plastic like recycling. A trench plant. coat and sunglasses <laughs> and a bucket hat. <laughs> Yes. I'm pretty sure that's like the dead giveaway that you were like trying to be a spy <laughs> is dressing like a 1950s spy. No, no one can see me when I'm in my trench coat. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're invisible barrier. Invisible. <laughs> no, that's crazy. Uh, let me tell you something else really sweet. Yeah. Uh, so this is, this is a beautiful story about a school um, that had a special needs student, Ethan. Mm. And uh, he's just one of 30 people in the world uh, born with... Geliophysic dysplasia. Yes. Sorry about that. Which is a rare skeletal condition. Uh, it's typically characterized by um, as a form of dwarfism. So he's a, a little person. I think that's a PC term we're using these days. Um, but you know, he, he's uh, he he goes to school like you know like every other kid, and um, you know he's popular. Everyone loves him, loves his company. And uh, but he recently had to prepare to leave school in order to undergo um, a transplant. Uh, for for this condition, um, and actually going into heart surgery, mm. um, which is kind of scary. You know, it's a, a heart surgery. I have all the surgeries. I think heart surgery and brain surgery are the two like scariest ones. Um, 
And the school, you know, the school said, you know, we want to we want to encourage and we want to support him. And the entire student population turned out in full force and threw him a parade before his surgery. Yes. So, like, as he's leaving school, like, everyone turns out. They got their streamers and their confetti. They're wearing, like, crazy hats and they're waving him off as he goes that off to awesome. surgery. Isn't that just beautiful? He's only nine years old. Mm. Uh, just, I love it when, when uh, you can get kids, like, teach them good good support for each other and they mm. and they exemplify it and show it. I think this is a really cute story. Yeah. And here's a little, a little picture for you, Lawson. Uh, oh, look at you. Isn't he great? He's a little tiny little fella and he's just, he's on the back of a golf cart. He's driving through his parade and he's smiling and he's happy and he's waving. Mm. I I truly believe that a lot of our ailments uh, can can you know a, the th- one thing that can really go a long way to um, having success in overcoming ailments is actually just a good positive attitude. Mm. And uh, I think after this parade, he would have been in such a good mood and such a happy attitude that he. Oh, I really hope his surgery goes well. Yeah, and um, I'm sure with that sort of a send off. He's uh, he's going to be doing just all right. Do I have time for one more story? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Let's cool. Go. Let's Do you know go. who John Legend is? John Legend, the, the singer. singer? Yeah, 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 yeah. So this is really cool. Um, so there's a photo that went viral on the interwebs, um, and this is something that's crossed my mind over the years. You know how when you're like in a shopping center and you go the, to, the, to the restroom, right? And uh, and you have um, you have the baby change table that's always in the ladies. Yeah. 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 And it's never in the men. Mm-hmm. And I'm always like, what happens when it's dad's turn to do the nappy? Yeah. Yeah. Does the I have guy, always wondered that. Does the guy have to go and the lady to do that? Like, how's he going to do it? Turns out I'm not the only person wondering. Um, so there's a gentleman called David Palmer. Sorry, say Dante Palmer. He's a father of three and he was sick and tired of having to go into men's toilets to change his son's nappy. Um, only to find that there was no changing table and had to do it like squat on the floor stick the kid across his knees and use his legs as a change table, which for anyone who's ever changed a dirty nappy before, not the best That's situation. He's been So he's the father of three, so he's been doing this for a while now, and he's so sick of it um, that he, he took a picture of him doing it, and he began a hashtag squat for a change, um, and then printed out stickers um, with sort of, this is, this is a gender issue that I am like full force behind, by the yep. way, a yep. gender equality issue. Um, you can see that on one side they've got the women, the women symbol, the, the, the symbol where the woman's changing the baby ta- on the table, and then on the other side they have like you know squat for yep, a change yep. with the man symbol, changing the baby, baby nappy. John Legend have found out about this, and you know him and his wife have two or three kids now, mm-hmm. and uh, and he was like, do you know what? I love being a hands-on dad, and I'm fully behind this. So between the two of them, and they got in touch with Pamper and Koala Care, the two big um, baby table manufacturing yep. uh, companies. And between those three, they've managed to install 5,000 changing tables in men's restrooms. Oh, what a movement. Yeah, yeah. let's do so this. So now dads, hands-on dads, they don't have to be like single dads. They can just be dads that are out with their mums and mum needs a break to sit in the cafe. And they've been changing baby nappies in their men's toilets. Amazing. 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 Things you can do if you're just determined to do it. Just living 
Welcome back. You're listening to the Breakfast Show with La- Lyle. Sorry. Wow. Lawson. Wow. wow. Mini Lawson. Mini Lyle. Mini Lyle. The new- Got mi- Mini Shell in the Mini Shell. On the- yeah, we have Mini Shell on the desk and then we have Mini Lyle. The new Lyle. <laughs> <laughs> That's me. Okay, time for another clue for our Breakfast Bible Quiz. Lawson, I'm so delighted you haven't figured this one out yet. Okay. I just want to get all the way to the end of the quiz one time where you and uh-huh. Lyle haven't figured it out and nobody knows what the answer is apart from the listeners. All okay, right. so you're ready, Freddie? Mm-hmm. Who am I? Time and time again, I stopped Paul from going to Thessalonica. Time and time again, I stopped Paul from going to Thessalonica. You're writing down an answer and it is wrong. I can barely even read it, but it... Oh, I, I, okay. I know what you're trying to write, but no, that's not right. I'm sorry to say. Time and time Did you just again. waste an entire piece of paper? You wrote one... No, 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 no. Don't you dare waste another piece of paper. You unfold that piece of paper. You wrote one word on that one piece of paper. Yeah, and then I was disappointed it in it, and I wanted to... There's no, I wanted there's to no excuse out to ruin existence. the trees. You can turn it over, or you can fold it down, but don't screw up a whole piece of paper that just has one word written on it, because you're embarrassed you got it wrong. He's writing another down. And yes, he's correct. Hey, see, there you see, go. You saved yourself and that piece. Still threw it in the bin. <laughs> I, didn't know, I didn't need it. I didn't need it. Calling you out on radio. Just when we're talking about that new plastics factory. Yeah. And then you're going like. I'm contributing. I'm contributing to the plastics factory. Even though that was a piece of paper. And it's not really <laughs> contributing. Look, I'm doing my best, okay, Mom? I'm doing what I can. Well, you got the answer right, so you're not doing that bad. Yeah, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, all right. Yeah. Yeah, anyway, all tell right. us what's happening around the world, Lawson. Okay, so remember a couple months ago mm. when we were like, let's go to Africa, and then we did it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I remember that. And we went to Ethiopia, <laughs> we and did. we went in there and preached and did radio, and there was this whole debacle with lots of different things with traveling and 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 sickness and all that stuff but mostly traveling because a week prior to when we went to ethiopia there was a big airline crash yes and there was and then from there there was this huge frenzy this huge media storm around boeing and they're specifically their plane the max 737 Mm -hmm. and how like it's terrible and it's killing people and it's whatever like this big big thing well since then, like they, they, there was a you know a declaration by the you know Air, aviation association to to ground all the planes. Mm-hmm. But check this out. Mm-hmm. So, um, the International Airlines Group, aka the people who own like British Airways and like ten other airlines, have just signed a contract with Boeing to buy two hundred seven three seven Max eights. What? Yeah. So what? Apparently, the airlines have gone well. Okay, like, I guess the planes are okay now, and they started buying them again. Obviously, we know that uh, the Boeing, you know, the Max Max Eight Seven Three Sevens um, were responsible for killing three hundred and forty six people on the Lion Airways and the Ethiopian Airlines crash. Um, and it's just like you know, and a lot of people are not very confident in Boeing right now. A lot of people are switching over to Airbus. A lot of uh, um, airline companies. But yeah, British, you know, the, the parent group of British Airways has just decided that, oh, we're going to buy 737 MAX 8s. We're going to buy Is 200 it, of them. Did, did did Boeing, like, drop the price to lure them over? Is that what happened? Because I can only imagine it must be a money-driven decision. Yeah, that's well, that's what I'm wondering. I mean, have I'm they fixed here. the problem? I don't know. Do you know, right after that accident happened, I actually had to catch an Ethiopian Airways flight. 
uh, from Johannesburg up to mm. Ethiopia, where I met you guys, mm-hmm. and um, and I I didn't realize it was an Ethiopian flight. I've been deliberately trying to avoid Ethiopian airlines. Yeah. And I'd booked the flight through South African Airlines and then didn't realize that they partnered with Ethiopians. So you get out of the tarmac and it's an Ethiopian Airlines yeah. and you're like, why is happening? Mm-hmm. And, um, and I'm sitting on the plane, like having a mild panic attack because on, on the, on the, you know, the, what is it, the safety instructions card, it tells you the name, uh, the, the model of the plane. Yeah. And it was a Boeing 7, seven three seven. There was an 18, no, it was, it was, a, it was an 800 or something like that. Whatever it was. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever it was, I saw the number eight and the word Boeing, and I was like, Ugh. and so I started messaging Lala. I'm like, Lala, you're going to pray for me. I'm so scared. I'm on this plane. You know what I'm like, flying as it is. And Lala's like, Mon, calm down. <laughs> He's like, first of all, it's not the right model. It's a different model. And secondly, mm. you're on a really old plane. Mm. So this is a good thing. You want to be on an old plane. You want to be on an old clunk, an old rattler, rather than being on a new plane. And mm-hmm. so my, since he told me that, I was like, yeah, that makes sense. But since he told me that, I've decided... If these if these max eights start like hitting the airwaves big time, mm. I'm gonna leave it five to ten years before I get on one. I'll avoid them all, and then five to ten years later, that's when I'll be like, okay, you've now proved your point. You're now safe. You've you know you've showed us you can do this. Now I'll get on this plane. But I, I sure will not be getting on one of those planes. Would you get on one of those planes? This is the thing. This is the this is the thing that I'm wondering. So it's like. This parental group of British Airways, you know, that, that that owns, you know, other companies and and like they're buying these seven three seven Max eights because obviously they have some level of confidence that they're okay now. Mm-hmm. And so the question that I have, like after two huge plane crashes, is any person in the public actually confident? Like, is there anyone yeah, just I'm like, not... yep, yeah, I'm just jump? Like, look. They said the Max 8's okay. I'm just going to jump on one. What was the problem? Like, did they? What, what actually was? Oh, it? basically, the problem was that um, to the the Max 8's were designed to um, increase economy, mm-hmm. and how they did that was by lifting up the engines in the wings, um, and that caused the plane to constantly nose dive. So then, what they did is they had software in the plane that would constantly keep the nose up, but then what would happen is that. No, no, no. Other way around. Other way around. The plane would constantly go up, and so the software in it constantly nosedived the plane when you were flying it. And so then what happened was it would malfunction, and it just nosedived the plane into the ground. So all that would take is a little bit of a software glitch. Like a software, yeah, yeah, pretty much. I am never getting one of those. So, so look, I just, I I want to know. I need there to be more than just a software glitch to be able to take the thing down. Like if yeah. all it takes is a software glitch, I'm not stepping from that. Plane. And that's the thing I want to ask: if you're out there and you would, if you're confident or not confident, jump on a you know seven three seven max eight. Give us a call one eight hundred three two four eight four three, and let us know how you would feel about getting on a British Airways max eight. Of course, no. knowing that they've crashed a bunch and knowing that you know, but now people are vouching for them. Would you would you get on one? Let us know because I'm I'm keen to know because. I'm kind of in the middle. I'm, I'm a bit of a no, dare. like d- I'm, a, I'm a bit of a. Bit if of a God wild told boy. me to do it, and He would have to seriously write that thing in the sky, then I'd do it. Otherwise, I'd be like totally doing a Jonah on that. I'm not getting on one of those things. <laughs> <laughs> like I have I'm so sorry. little faith in anything that involves any kind of a software. Like I feel like so, like we think technology is so amazing, and yet I feel like the most malfunctioning thing on the planet is anything involving software. Basically, actually, phones, laptops, computers. Like you'd you'd actually be surprised that. The factor of human error is by far the biggest killer in aviation. Oh, so, I reckon that's the, the the behind the malfunctions in technology. 
but yeah. Okay. Between the two of them, it's a bad combo. Yeah, it's and not. And what's flying that plane? Good. A pilot and a, and a computer. <laughs> and a computer. So, oh, I got no. the shakes. Anyway. <laughs> Give me the guy who knows how to glide the plane when it stalls. That's yeah. The, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, the planes don't actually let you do that, but that's a topic for another day. Um, Let's have a look at some more news. Okay. Have you been sick, Monica, recently? No. I actually made a New Year's resolution that I was not going to get sick this year, and I've just been, like, smashing that goal. Apart from that one little malaria scare in Ethiopia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Apart from that, I've been, I've been doing really well. Bam. Yeah, praise just by the grace of God, it. by the way. Yeah. Well, I want to talk a little bit. I've been a little bit sick over the last couple of weeks. Yeah, I can and, tell you're splattening. And them. I wanted to talk about what is cough and sneeze etiquette. Because I think it's an important thing for oh, all of so us all over this. to know. Because uh, the reason I want to talk about this is currently blowing up because US President Donald Trump uh, was in an interview when one of his chief of staff who was standing, you know, in, in the back of the room where no one could hear him, he did a little, you know, <clears throat> clear, you know, cleared the throat. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And Donald Trump kicked him out of the room. No. Because he was like, he was like, look, if you're going to cough in here, you can get out. Like, I don't want to get sick and I've got things to do. So you can go and sort yourself out. Like, well, do you know what? If out. he was genuinely sick, then I applaud what President Trump did because I cannot stand when sick people think they've got to be a hero and come to work sick and they infect everyone else. Now, other people can't, can't come to work and then you actually have a whole team down when you should have just stayed at home and stayed in bed until you were better. I, I really, it's one of my pet peeves, people who come to work sick. And it's interesting. It's actually a commonality between very successful people. You, you read a lot of their biographies and books and different things is they all have this like no sneezing around them, no coughing around them policy because they don't want to get sick and get dragged away from their jobs. So essentially, what should we do? Well, I think if you're sick, stay home. I think if you're going to sneeze in a public arena and you and you like you want don't want to sneeze on someone, just pinch your nose to stop the sneeze. And if you have to sneeze or cough, I seriously recommend that you actually like grab the collar of your shirt and sneeze down your own shirt okay. front because I can't stand people sneezing into their hands or into their elbows. Oh, well, there you go. That's 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 law according to Mon. <laughs>
Welcome back to Faith FM. You're listening right across Australia at 87.6, 87.8, 88. And we have come to the time of Encounter with God, but we have some a few things to do before that. Not Encounter with God, son. It's time no, for the interview, the man. Interview, you that's and I are like right, one man. step ahead this whole program. <laughs> I thought the interview was happening last segment. You thought the Encounter with God was happening this segment. Yeah, mate. I'm We've got to get to like the struggling. question of the day and be like, the show's over. <laughs> I just want to say. Like 20 minutes to go. I just want to say, before we get into the quiz or anything, we did get a text for, through saying that basically... Basically, planes have very, very, very little human control and they're just completely flying computers, no matter which plane you go on, no matter Airbus, Boeing, whatever. I don't want to know. So, what about gliders? Surely glide, like... Gliders? <laughs> I just rely on the wind or something. <laughs> I, don't know what, I don't want the computers taking over. Anyway. <laughs> okay, clip number three for this Who Am I quiz. I asked to sift Simon as wheat. But Jesus prayed for him that his faith would not fail. It's Ooh. beautiful. Yeah. I wonder if Jesus prays for all of us that our faith won't fail. I'm sure he does. I'm, pr- I'm pretty sure he does. Yeah. Amen. Lawson, it is actually time for the interview. We're not doing encounter. Oh, okay. Yep, yep. Yeah. I remember. Yeah, yeah. I remember. Yeah. And hey, do you remember um, a few weeks ago when, um, it was a week ago. No, it was only like a few days ago. We were discussing... Uh, on the encounter with God with Lyle about uh, the intergenerational issues. Yes. Yeah, and we're talking about, uh, I think it was like, what is it, like the first, like when someone comes into the church and comes to know God and has a knowledge of Jesus and they're, they're, you know, they're so committed to God and they're, and they're just in love with Jesus and then their their children, it's like it gets watered down a little bit and then those people's children gets watered down even more and then eventually you have children who just leave the church mm. and then it starts so this weird cycle. And there's like seven or six years in between where they're, before they come back, you know, something like that. Whatever it is, we actually got someone in who has like a PhD in this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we're really impressed. Welcome to the show, Joe as a party. Am I pronouncing your surname correctly? Yeah, that that's exactly. That'll do. It. It sounds like has a party. Just take the yeah. H off. <laughs> I like it. Hi, Joe has a party. Joe has exactly. a party. You must be really popular in Australia. <laughs> oh, definitely. <laughs> because you're not from Australia. Where are you from? Uh, I'm originally from Canada, Ooh, but nice. I've lived here. Mostly since 2001. Had a five-year break where I went and studied and uh, pastored back in North America. But, but yeah. What brought you to Australia? Um, I'd always wanted to come. I was in a job that um, I was just starting in a job that I actually wasn't trained for. Uh, and it was in a place where I didn't really want to be. And I thought, oh, I'm going to fulfill my dream, go to Australia. And um, a mutual friend um, of mine... And uh, one of my friends, uh, it was back when MSN Messenger had just started, yes. back in the early days of uh, <laughs> internet. And when she was volunteering in Australia, she was from England, and she uh, basically felt impressed to tell me all about her flatmate. And I was thinking, oh, great, here we go. Um, anyway, she convinced me to write to her. Then she went and convinced her to write to me. And... Uh, it was daily emails, and it was phone calls, and um, I ended up coming and staying, got hired as a teacher, and uh, yeah, and, 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 and we're married. Oh, there we go. You were married for 17 years, yes. Oh, oh. praise the Lord. What a sweet yeah. story. I love it. So she's an Aussie? She is. Oh, so she's she, what keeps you here, huh? She is. Yeah, she is. That's so cool. Your dream was fulfilled, and then you got a little bit extra. Uh, yeah, two, two dreams in one. Yeah, nice, nice. Love it. That's great. I really like it. I like that you're... <laughs> <laughs> your meddling um, matchmaking friend there. <laughs> yes. That's quite the convincing. I, 
I wish I could convince people like that. I know a few people that should get married to each other. Anyway, and you've got kids now as well, right? Yes, we've got three kids. We've got um, Samuel, who's 11, John, who's six, and Sarah Lynn, who's three and a half. Oh, congratulations. Oh, and they're all little Aussies. Did they ever go back to the, to the, uh, to the Canada? Yeah, um, John was actually born there. Okay. Um, and we last time they were back was about two years ago. Okay, nice, yeah. nice. The Great White North. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yes. That was one of my Home trivia of clues on the weekend. Was oh, what, yeah? What country is referred to as the Great White North? Oh. Yeah, yeah. And it's Canada. Trivia you didn't come to, by the way, Lawson. Yeah, because I, I had stuff to do. What could be more important than my trivia? My bowling. I'm an excellent quiz master. <laughs> oh, that's fine. Anyway, but yeah. Um, but you actually have uh, quite an impressive um, resume here of education. You've been studying a bunch of stuff. Tell us a little bit about all the kind of things you've been studying. Uh, well, I have a Bachelor of Education degree um, actually in um, secondary biology. So I was a biology teacher. Mm-hmm. Um, though that first year I taught kindy through to year eight. Um, wow. Mostly taught in high schools. And uh, then after that, we felt impressed to um, to give up everything and uh, change careers, go to the U.S., retrain. I got an M.A. in youth and young adult ministry there at Andrews University in Michigan. Yeah. And then I got hired on as a pastor, pastored a, a rural country church, uh, three actually three of them all in one, uh, in northern Saskatchewan, so basically out in the middle of nowhere. Um, I had trappers in my congregation. I didn't even wow. think they existed anymore because I'm a city person. Just for the Australians who are listening, what's a trapper? Uh, they spend like nine, nine months of the year um, out in the bush hunting animals for pelts. Wow, a pelt Man, thing is fur, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, so just so for those who have no idea what a trapper is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was sitting here, I was like, could you elaborate? Yeah, see, <laughs> I, I, I thought they didn't exist mostly anymore. Okay, but sounds a bit anyway. like, a, like a bushman or a sweater. Yeah, 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 yeah basically. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, and I pastored a young adult church uh, in Winnipeg, Canada, and then we felt impressed to come back. And so came back, was a school chaplain in Adelaide, and uh, for the last three and a half years, I've been uh, doing a PhD at Avondale College full time. So I'm at the very end of it. Just handed in the fourth draft of the whole thing. Oh, and congratulations. Thank you. <laughs> Must um, be feeling really good about that. I'll be feeling great once it's gone through all the external examiners and I get the final stamp. That'll be fantastic. Yeah. Do you want to hear a funny story about someone who did a PhD at, at Avondale? <laughs> so when they finished it, you know, like it gets like published and that sort of thing. Yeah. And it goes in the, in the, in the library there. He said that <laughs> once he's got published, he went to the library. He took a $5 note. Oh, uh, I know who that is. Yeah. He stuck it in the front cover and then he closed it and he put it on the shelf. And he said that every, every time he came back in the area to check <laughs> It was still there. Was still there. And the funny thing was, I overheard him telling that story. So guess what I did? Yeah. <laughs> did you find it, or I did someone did. else? Well, I because I was on shift. He was doing. He was telling that story on the phone at in the Avondale bookshop, and I used to work in the bookshop. And so I quickly messaged my friend. I'm like, dude, go and get these five dollars because they're probably like the old five dollars. So they're probably worth quite a bit because we had a you know, currency mm. design change. And so my friend ran over and checked, and he was like, no, I wasn't there. But then later on, I was like. Maybe it was there and he just took it for himself. So who knows? Who knows? Yeah. But yeah, we both know who that is. But yes, actually tell us a little bit about the topic of your of your, of your PhD thesis there. Yeah, um, I'm, I'll tell you the, the big question and I'll break it up into three. It's looking at what impact does discipleship have on 
our well-being in intergenerational churches. And it's looking at three questions. It's looking at um, what impact does following Jesus have on our well-being? Are we healthier for doing it? Uh, second question is what impact does um, being in an intergenerational church have on our well-being? And then the third question is what impact does being in an intergenerational church have um, on our walk with Christ, on our discipleship? I can I can kind of see how you've gotten interested in this because you mentioned something about biology before, right? Mm. So biology plus your, your work in ministry, the two of them combined, sounds like this would be the obvious outcome. Yeah, um, well, I never actually planned to start by doing this. Mm-hmm. Um, and I always wondered why certain things happened in my life, like, God, why did my first pastoral job as a, a youth and young adult ministry specialist, why did I end up in the middle of nowhere um, pastoring mostly elderly retired people? And I was like, that's just strange. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, I've worked with every, every age out there. And, and um, so when I started reading about it and I thought, oh, this is, this actually makes a lot of sense. I was interested in discipleship and mentoring. And when I noticed that no one had actually done much, um, what they call quantitative study on this. Mm. I, I uh, basically sent an email off to one of the experts in the field and s- who wrote this book, and I said, hey, this is uh, Dr. Holly Allen uh, in the U.S., and said, hey, is this true? Um, I was thinking about doing this. Do you think this would be useful? And she wrote back, and she said, yes, yes, please do that. We mm. would all be very, very happy because most of the stuff that's been done has been qualitative yeah. it's been interviews it's been um anecdotes and philosophy no one's really done survey work on this. yeah i definitely wouldn't stick a five dollar note in your thesis because i reckon it's something i've read quite a few times <laughs> tell can you tell us like we've got about six minutes can you tell us like i guess some of the answers that you you're moving towards mm. with these questions that you have um because it is quite interesting you know especially with what lyle was talking about the other day you know looking at how the generations and how faith changes mm. and it's almost like how, how can that happen like just because of a generation change the faith can change yeah but yeah tell us a little bit what we've been finding um well the short answer to all the my questions and, and then I'll, I'll answer that was was basically is yes 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 when you when you um when you follow if someone is actively following christ their well-being does tend to go up um when someone hangs out with people of different generations your health goes up also you're um you're a better disciple for it because you have to mix with people who don't think the same as you mm. most people just hang out with people who think exactly like them and then and they get angry when they meet people who don't agree with them but that's actually um how you grow as a christian you need to hang out with people who have different thoughts to you um and why it changes one of the biggest reasons why there's so much conflict between the different generations is that every generation, um, it, it, a generation is defined by the time they they um, are born in and also um, the events that take place, the culture at the time. And the reason why there's so many changes is basically because often, for, I'll give you an example. Um, currently, the, the group that gets picked on the most are the millennials. Yeah, for okay? sure. Um, and that's because they're the, and I'm talking about those who are basically in the workforce under the age of um, 35. Mm-hmm. Um, whoever's the youngest in the workforce gets picked on. 
Uh, I'm Generation X, and I remember in my day how everyone was talking about how terrible Gen X was. And we, by the way, we were the original meh generation. So, um, and and then before that, there was the baby boomers, and the baby boomers like they just got trashed as well. And what the reason why it changes is because you can't point to the younger generation and say how terrible they are because they're the way they are because of how they were raised. Yes, right. They were raised that way by the older generations um and you can't really say stuff about the older generations either because younger generations have no idea what they went through because the world was a completely different place yeah and the reason why there's so much conflict is just basically because the how they grew up gave them a unique perspective on things that's why they're they have the characteristics that they have and that's why there's clashes sometimes i find this so interesting because i often think about this because i'm like you know i'm in my 30s and i'm still single and i often have people who are older than me harping on to me about how i should get married how i should get married these kids these days are waiting too long away and i'm thinking to myself yeah but it's your generation that messed it up for us mm. like why would we sign up for what you're experiencing you're like mm. on your second third fourth husband wife yeah. You go through divorces. Why would we want to sign up for that? And I and often think, you know, your generation is the one that messed it up for us. Like, don't yeah. look at me and think that I'm messing it up. I'm looking at you. Yeah. Yeah. And and Generation X, and um, in particular, and and millennials, um, they get they get married, often older, and the reason is is because they saw what happened. Um, my generation, um, we saw a three hundred percent rise in divorce rates. Wow. Mm. Yep. Uh, and so we went, no, I want to make sure it's the right person. Mm -hmm. And that's flowed onto the millennials. The baby boomers are often the ones who are saying, why aren't you getting married? And it's like, well, you're on your third divorce. Yeah, exactly. Um, and you're miserable. Yeah, yeah. I don't want that to happen to me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's not worth it. Yeah. Yeah. This is, I'm so glad you're in here right now. Oh, wow. We are like <laughs> running out of time fast, man. I feel like we could talk for the rest of the show. Um, can you tell us like maybe like some of the some of the cons that are come with this intergenerational issue like what are some of the ways we can combat them i suppose uh well it's really hard work mm -hmm. to be intergenerational because it means um you need to be selfless you need to not say well it has to be my way and that's it um that's one of the reasons why it's it's really difficult to do it it, it is a lot of hard work it's much easier to say let's get all the same people together because everyone will be happy um Sorry, what was the rest of the... Oh, like, like, like you know, I was thinking about all the, the, the issues that would come with this whole intergenerational. And I guess, you know, in my mind, I'm thinking, you know, how do we combat the, the, the negative parts of, this, of these issues? Especially, I guess, especially when it comes to, to spirituality. Like, how do we not let that get in the way of our relationship with Christ and our ability to reach other people? Um, well, it's, it's very Christ-like to be with other people who are different ages to you. Wow. Mm. Uh, because look at look at Jesus. Yeah. Um, he got he got blasted because he kept comparing um, the faithful to women and children, those who are in the in, who are marginalized at the time, as well as Samaritans, um, people who didn't think di who thought who were different to um, those who were in power at the time. Uh, and basically, when when you are hanging out with people of other generations, you need to listen more. You need to try to put yourself in their shoes. And that's something that society has a huge time, a hard time dealing with is empathy, putting myself in someone else's shoes. Um, it's totally worth it because, um, for one, it gives us a legacy. If you don't mix with people who are younger than you, um, how will you ever live on? Um, 
I mean, obviously Jesus is going to come back, but until he does, when we die, we die. That's it. Mm -hmm. The only way we can live on until he comes back is through other people. That's true. Um, and we need to listen to the older and hang out with them because we get experience, we get wisdom. Um, there's so many things we can learn from each other. Amen. I really hope that you're going to say yes to this, Joe, but we're going to have um, the 8 o'clock news break and then we're going to come back and do our Bible study. Would you be interested in sticking around for the Bible study? Sure, that's fine. Do you mind if we maybe ask you some more questions? Yeah, yeah <laughs> I'm happy, the Bible happy study. to answer more. Because, you know, I think, I think there's, a, there's, a, there's a bunch of the questions. You, you know, I've got like... I've got a couple of questions about, you know, what makes a community intergeneration, like why the generations the way they are, why, what are the conflicts usually about? I've just got a couple more, just sure. a few more, but yeah, we are running out of time. Um, we're going to move on to a song now. This is Alan Jackson with Tis So Sweet to Trust in Jesus. I'm going to have our eight o'clock news and we'll be back after that with our Bible study. Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus and to take him at his word, just to rest upon his promise and to know the Savior, the Lord. Jesus, Jesus, how I trust him, how I prove. Trust him more. I'm so glad I've learned to trust the precious Jesus said. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. Forgiveness. It's easier said than done. But there's a program called Forgive to Live, designed to help us all improve our lives and discover the healing power of forgiveness. So if you're keen to take that first step, head to forgivetolive.org.au. Have you ever been challenged by evolution? ever struggled to give a reasoned answer for your faith or ever felt overwhelmed by the predominance of belief in evolution then you need to be at the 2019 faith and science conference 13 top level scientists and professors from around the world will be presenting on the most astounding discoveries completely refuting the theory of evolution. July 16 to 19, Avondale College, Kurumbong, New South Wales. For details, call us now on 1-800-324-843. All victory in 
Jesus, my Savior forever. He sought me and bought me with his redeeming blood. Have you been to Jesus for the cleansing power? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Are you fully trusting in his grace this hour? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Come on. Are you washed in the Can wash away my sin. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. There is power, power, unworking power in the blood. In power, in the precious blood of the Lamb. Oh, precious is the flow that makes me white as snow. No other found I know. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Said nothing but the blood of Jesus. Are you washed in the blood? In the blood of the Lamb, He sought me and bought me with nothing but the blood of Jesus.